Hello, friends. Welcome to God's Way Podcast. Today is June the 20th, 2020. And man, do I have a show for you all tonight. God's Way here. Wanting to talk to you about Trump's return to the rally scene. <laughs> Whoa. I've been following the pre-events for the rally since 9 o'clock this morning. And man, has it been a roller coaster of lunacy (laughs) and emotion tonight. Two hours, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock, pretty much on the dot of the snake oil salesman up there. Uh, making a whole bunch of false promises, uh, chest thumping, <laughs> lying, uh, exaggerating, and just all the Trump pompousness that you could expect. That much needed break for him has energized and revived him back to original form. It seemed like, uh, Before COVID struck, he was kind of lulling a little bit and he seemed winded. But now, I don't know if he got some good sleep in his bunker or what, but uh, he seems like the Trump of old. He seemed refreshed and rejuvenated and was back to his original self. (laughs) You know, it's funny, there was nobody there. There was nobody at the rally. (laughs) So that someone told me that, well, I thought I heard that there were a million tickets. Uh, even he said something about there being a million tickets, a wait list of a million tickets. And there was probably, I don't know, uh, 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 0.1% of that there. I mean, if, if there were 10,000 people at that rally, I would need to see uh, the count. Because there was a lot of empty seats for so much buildup, for so many people interviewed, uh, saying that they wanted to attend the rally. I personally had a friend that did go to the rally. Uh, My friend didn't broadcast, so I don't know what it looked like other than what was being shown on Breitbart, Fox News, and on YouTube. It looked like there was a good amount of people there at the rally, but I don't know. I I figured maybe they all went home to get their masks because one thing I did notice is that uh, there were people that were, the people that were outside uh, weren't wearing masks, but as they went to the building, not the BOK building, but the building prior to the, because he was supposed to be at two buildings, whatever that first building was that that, uh, they had uh, personalities speak, there was no one there, and, but one of the guys that was at the door uh, let people know that they weren't going to be allowed in without a mask. He was, he was sending them out. He was like, hey, you got to go get your mask. But the caveat was, and it, and it, it was a little confusing to me, he said, you, you got to have your mask because they're going to take your temperature and they're going to require you to have a mask to enter but once you got in, like, I'm like, well, that's a little amb- ambiguous. Can you take your mask off 
And I really didn't pay too much. They didn't really pan on the crowd too much. They kept the camera on Pence. They kept the camera on Trump. So I really couldn't scan the crowd to see if people were rocking masks or not. But uh, that was the that was that was the requirement that I heard the guy say at the door. You have to have a mask. So I saw people walking away. Now, I don't know if people walked away and were like, forget about it. I'm not going, you know, back. I'm not going through all this to go in or what. But there was it was quite empty at that event. I thought there would be people spilling out to tell the truth because there's just that many. I mean, with the stuff that's going on in the nation that only exacerbated a lot of Trump's followers to I I figured they'd want to show their support. And solidarity even more so than than before and sending him a message that hey we're still with you no matter what but i don't know i don't know if people are having voters remorse or they're just exasperated and tired of his shenanigans or or what i don't it was really weird that there weren't that that there weren't that many people at the center i mean they i have i took pictures uh of people on the on the floor and in the stands, first of all, the, the upper levels were, were totally barren. There was like nobody up there. Then on the floor, there was a lot of space and kids running around and stuff. But, you know, in the, in the, I guess the, the club level or whatever, or the, you know, the, the, the floor seats, there were, it was full, but then it just, it just faded. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'll have to read into that this week to find out. Uh, what exactly happened? So uh, he got on when he uh, after Pence uh, got up there with all his nonsense, you know, so-called. Uh, he had to get up there to try to stir the evangelical uh, right, and you know he's hard to listen to. All he does is cheerlead and wave pom poms for Trump. So you know he wasn't saying much of any substance. The same old rigmarole. But Trump talked about, he covered a lot of issues. He talked about everything from uh, his new health care bill and people with pre-existing conditions, which I thought that he removed from the health care bill. I'll have to look into that because he said that people with pre-existing conditions weren't going to be denied coverage. Uh, but that's not what I read prior. So I'll have to fact check that. I'll have to fact check that. And then um, he talked about Boeing. Uh, he talked about Air Force One and, and feeling that uh, he needed a new plane because other, uh, other leaders from other countries, poor nations, uh, were flying in. And pretty much he said they were upstaging him. Like they were arriving in these big dreamliners and fancy planes. And here he is on this 31-year-old Boeing 747 with old paint and everything, old accommodations. He was like, I, I, I went and spoke to uh, Boeing's uh, CEO or whoever he spoke to, and they told him they could build him a plane and get started right away, but they were going to need five-something million. He said, no, I'm not paying five million. I'll have to, you know, I, I, the most I'll pay is three-something. You add whatever number you want, but the first number's got to be three. They countered. They said I think they said four, seven or four, eight, which is a ways away from three. 
but uh, ultimately he said that he's, he said the deal didn't get done uh, because the number was too low. So we'll see where that goes. I, I did watch the plane arrive on the tarmac, the pl- and I did notice that plane does look dated. The plane does look like it needs to be. I'm like, wow, that's Air Force One. That thing is old. I mean, the paint looks faded. It just looks like an old plane that was put out to pasture and then uh, uh, refurbished for <laughs> United States president. So, you know, I'm okay with him wanting to get a new plane like United States of America. We have the highest GDP of any nation. We should be, he should be flying around, any president for the states should be flying around in a better looking plane than that. You know, you might disagree with me and that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. Five million, I'm, I'm with him on that. I think that's steep. They should be able to deliver a jet for, you know, somewhere north of three and a half. But, um, he talked about that. He talked about the health care, as I mentioned. He talked, of course, about uh, the, the rioters. And the, speaking of the rioters, this morning they had a guy on a, on a megaphone saying, uh, and I guess he was from part of the, the, the uh, security detail. He was like, listen, if people are going to riot and protest, you will be taken to jail. Now get this. He says, you'll be taken to jail or the hospital. <laughs> Who says that? Who says that? That's crazy. You threat, threaten American people, American citizens with bodily harm if they protest. Like there's a way to protest without rioting. They're not the same thing. Rioting is often uh, unruly. And his destruction of, of, of property coupled with violent acts. You can protest by taking a knee like Colin Kaepernick. There's nothing lewd or aggressive about that. Volatile, nothing. So I don't know. I've, I don't know if he understands the difference. I think he just lumps them all together. Especially anybody that's, that's anti-Trump. <laughs> He's going to definitely put them in the same bucket. But... uh that that really caught my attention that someone made that announcement. And then they have this other guy, I guess from a local church or something that was there blaring uh, scriptures from the Bible and telling how, you know, people need to be need to come together and stamp, stamp out racism, et cetera, et cetera. Lock lock hands and, and show love towards one another, which, by the way, the second and great commandment is to love one another as as you love yourself. Uh that commandment is not optional. That's a commandment. When God says you will do this, that's a commandment. And if you don't do that, that's a trespass. And a trespass, as we know, is a sin. So I found that that caught my my attention that someone made that statement, but that this guy was on the megaphone. And then the, the, all the Trump supporters were like, get that guy out of here. So here you got a guy preaching biblical content and the Trump supporters are telling him to leave. <laughs> wow, I thought they were I thought that they were the Bible thumpers. I thought the Trump supporters were the evangelical Bible thumpers that that lived their lives according to Christ. Kind of a contradiction there, but 
he did talk about that. He talked about a slew of other things. Uh, a lot of them are just talking points, the same ones that he always mentions. He kind of had a template and just built off that. Then he had his other, some other theatrics that I kind of, I kind of did. I wasn't really paying attention to because it was just Trump being Trump. But I tried to listen to his real policy, and it really wasn't. It really wasn't any policy, and I wanted him to focus more on what this nation can do to rebound not only from COVID, but to rebound from uh, people being at each other's throats right now, and speak about the. Uh, about the George Floyd incident. He did talk about the fact that people want to defund the police. I personally don't think that that's the answer, but you know, other people do. So, you know, we'll wait and see what happens with that. But there's a few scriptures I want to share with you. I'm not going to be long tonight. Uh, he said that he told, he called the guy from Boeing that he was doing this negotiation with he called him, he said, and I don't swear, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to quote what he said. He said, he said, I told you, <laughs> when the guy came back with $5 million, he said, I told you $3 million, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> That's the United States evangelical Christian right president talking like that. Now, in Ephesians 4.29, Paul says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, which is to build up, that it, might, that it may minister grace unto the people that hear it. That's Ephesians 4.29. Matthew 15.11 says, What goeth into someone's mouth is not what defiles them, but that what comes out of their mouth. That is what defiles a man. That's Matthew 15.11. And those two scriptures right there, Ephesians 4.29, Matthew 15.11, if you want to look those up to get context, you can. That's basically talking about how Christians should speak. And if this guy is going to label himself a Christian, he, this isn't the first time I've heard him call somebody a son of a bee. He does that quite frequently. He, when he was re referencing the NFL players, he told them, get, you know, get those SOBs out of here. You're fired. You know, that I, I was shocked to hear. That was the first time I heard him use foul language from the presidential podium. And he did it with ease, <laughs> no remorse, just rolled right out of his mouth. And we know that's how he talks off camera. So, you know, if you talk that way off camera, then that's how you'll talk on camera because it'll just come out. And that's one thing Christians need to be aware of. You have to pattern yourself Get yourself, let the Holy Spirit work in you so that he'll flush that. Paul talks about no longer being the person that he was. He's, he's been transformed into a new creature. When the Holy Spirit works on you, the Holy Spirit will purge that old sinful nature in time to be more. The more that you uh, uh, attempt to become like Christ, the more the Holy Spirit will work in you effectively and will will rid you of all those foul uh, uh, traits and characteristics that you once had, the old man. You put on the new man. Uh, and then Trump did talk about, of course, he had to talk about the flag, and he said nobody will kneel 
I mean, nobody will. He said that the, the football players will have to kneel because there was the NFL did come out about two, three weeks ago and say there's been more than one person, you know, the head of uh, the head of the NFL. Um, the body, the, the, the governing body of the NFL came out and unilaterally uh, decided that they won't force players to stand for the flag, which is good. That's that's good. It's it's they're a little behind the curve doing that, but they did get to the point. It took what happened in the United States recently to get to that point. But hey, if it's you know sometimes you have to go through. Uh, sometimes there has to be a circumstance to change the focus of people sometimes or organizations. And the George Floyd incident has. They've been taking down what people feel are race. Uh, 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 racially uh, offensive relics and monuments in the United States. And yeah, I think they should come down as well. I don't think they, they never should have been erected, if you ask me. But they, they, they're being taken down one by one. And uh, yeah, put them in a museum. If people want to go and see that, you don't have to dismiss the history of people, but you can dismiss a painful visual that people see and they're like, man, why do I gotta look at that guy? That guy, that guy was for the Confederacy. Like he was a, he was for slavery. He fought, he led troops to battle northern territories that didn't want slavery. Here you have the the South saying, no, think about that. You have this, you you this United States is divided. You have the North saying no, and and the West saying no. You don't want, we don't want slaves. Then you have a, a part of the United States that wants to go to battle because they wanted they didn't want to battle it out in court. They actually wanted to shed blood. Other Americans, they wanted to fight other Americans. How absurd is that? They wanted to fight other Americans because they felt that taking the slaves away was going to affect their uh, uh, their economy. And come on, we know that it's not it wasn't just because of the economy. It was oppression, and they were used to having other people do their work for them and do it for a nominal uh, pay, if any pay. So um, you, you got the North and the South, you got the Civil War, the, the South lost, and then you get these statues put up of Robert E. Lee and Ulysses S. Grant, and people are like, hey, I don't want to see that. I don't want to look at that. That's crazy. So they are taking those statues down. I think that's a good thing. It's a, it's a good, positive thing for America. Uh, it just sends a message to Americans that, hey, okay, we may have gotten this wrong. You know, at some point we felt these guys were heroes, but now we understand that it's a, a painful scar that other people may not want to see. So if we want to see it, then we'll just, just like the Holocaust Museum, if you want to see some of the, uh, uh, if I've been to the Holocaust Museum, it's really hard to get through that thing, but uh, a lot of the painful memories that they wanted to include in their history, they're in the Holocaust Museum. The Jews don't want to walk around and see statues of Stalin and Hitler <laughs> in the middle of a square in, in uh, Berlin, or, you know, they dang sure wouldn't put them up in Israel, but, uh, or allow them to be put up in Israel. So why do Americans need to look at uh, someone that was for a, a, a terrible uh, point, represented a terrible point in United States history. 
So Trump says, yes, they, we're going to fight to get to make them kneel. He doesn't know why they changed that rule. He said that. He claims he doesn't know why. And, you know, I could go into why I think he may not, very well may not know why. But he said he doesn't. Give him the benefit of the doubt. And uh, so now he should. <laughs> now he should know why. He's on his phone all day. He's on Twitter. Go on to Google. Go on to YouTube and look at videos of slavery and how it has reverberated not only, I mean, through decades after the abolition of, uh, of slavery. And then he wanted to have this event during Juneteenth. They had to move that. He had to move that because of public pressure. He was going to have it anyway. He was basically going to say, okay, you guys celebrate uh, e emancipation, but so what? I'm going to have my venue. Not only am I going to come and have it in your town, in Tulsa in uh, 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 1921, when they did have the uh, Tulsa mass massacre, massacre, and you can go and read about the Tulsa massacre of Black Wall Street in the Greenwood District where uh, black people had businesses, they had law firms, they had movie theaters, they had uh, doctor practices, uh, 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 stores, you know, storefront uh, uh, buildings that were burned down and pretty much uh, obliterated by, uh, by white people who, who were jealous of how they were thriving. And it was something like 13 or maybe even more, like 30, I think, blocks of territory that was burned to rubble and ashes. And like, they don't even know the number. They said it could be anywhere from like 5,000 to 20,000 people that were killed, shot dead in the street by, by white people that, that disagreed. So, um, and I definitely encourage you to go and read uh, or look up, look at YouTube videos about 1921 and the, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the, and the massacres in Juneteenth and the celebration, what it's all about. Trump said, oh my goodness, Trump said that he made Juneteenth famous as if no one knew about, we only been celebrating that since like 1922. And he's saying that he made it famous. Here's a guy, a privileged guy that comes from privilege telling people that he made something famous that they've been celebrating for, you know, almost uh, a century and now here he is coming on the scene and he, he's brought attention to something that has been highly celebrated in the black community for, for years, for years. So that's just sad. That's sad that a U.S. president not only didn't know that fact, but that he was going to disregard the pain that people felt, uh, uh, the pain that was brought, you know, re that resurfaced every year. There's excitement, there's joy as well, but every year they got to be reminded of another bad time in United another bad time in United States history over race relations. Uh, I just want to finish. He he talks about the American flags. Well, my point about the kneeling, he said you're going to kneel to the flag, but the Bible specifically says, and over in Deuteronomy four, if you want to read Deuteronomy four in the Old Testament. Moses says, when I spoke to you, God tells Moses, when I spoke to you from the fire, uh, he, God was invisible. He was in a, he was speaking to Moses just to give you a little backstory. He's speaking to Moses from a burning bush. The bush wasn't consumed. That's a miraculous act. And, uh, he said, be careful not to commit the sin of worshiping idols. That flag people is nothing but yarn 
nylon, cotton, whatever it's made of. And that's it. The flag should be in you. I wouldn't kneel to a flag either. I kneel to one, one entity. And that's Jesus. That's it. That's it. And I'm sure there's many other Christians like that. So we shouldn't be kneeling to a flag anyway. We shouldn't be kneeling to any leader, any man. If we kneel to something, and the Bible does say, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. So there will be a point where we're all going to kneel. But until that point, if I'm not in church, I'm not kneeling to anything or anyone. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about tonight. It's, this is a short one tonight. We're at about uh, uh, maybe 20 minutes. And um, I'm sure a lot of you, 24 minutes, I'm sure a lot of you may have um, uh, tuned in to the, to, the, to the festivities. If you did, I'd like to know your thoughts. If you, can, if you want to message me. And just let me know what you what you thought about the uh, rally. I don't know where the next rally is going to be. I'll probably tune into it just to hear, uh, just to see the sideshow because it is an absolute train wreck. And who can, who's got the wherewithal to to look away from a from a train wreck as awful as you know it's going to end up? It's, you just can't turn away from it. So, I bid you all Godspeed. I thank you for tuning in, and I ask that you have a very prosperous very healthy week wear your mask wash your hands still take the precautions covid uh tests or or, or cases are have spiked exponentially in places like uh, texas arizona alabama they're up so people please be careful follow the guidelines laid out by who and cdc wear your mask keep your hands clean don't touch your face don't touch your mouth you can read all about the, the provisions provided and laid out by uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci and others of how we can uh, try and keep ourselves uh, safe and free from harm from COVID. Uh, some people are going to get it. Uh, Ten people at my job tested positive last week and they shut the corporation down. Nobody else could return until uh, their test came back uh, negative. So it's real. It's not a hoax, fellas. And ladies, it is not a hoax. So please be safe and I'll see you next time on God's Way. Take care.